What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, and welcome to week 13 of my weekly NFL pick show for the 2016-2017 NFL season. And folks, in week 12, we had one of our most successful weeks of the entire season across the board. We did great. Let's talk about it before we get into the week 13 picks. In week 12, 11 and 5 straight up. Never argue with double digits, even in a 16 game week. 11 and 5 straight up, 109 up, 66 down, and two ties on the season straight up. Against the spread, also hit double digits, 10 and 6 against the spread. We like that any week of the season. 94 up, 79 down with four pushes against the spread on the year. And over under an incredible 13 and three. If you bet my picks last week, you guys made some money and that's awesome. 97 up, 79 down with one push over under on the season. Excellent results straight up against the spread and over under. In the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks, we'll start at the bronze where, who buddy, Seattle screwed us in the bronze pick. I told you to take them to beat Tampa Bay. They lose that game 14-5. to What a weird score. 14-5 to was the loss. Seattle couldn't get anything going offensively. So it was a straight-up loss. It was an against-the-spread loss, as I told you to go Seattle minus 5.5. And, and it was an over-under loss, because I told you to go over 45 points. So we whiffed completely on the bronze pick, and that is going to be our primary area where we need to improve, is in specifically that bronze pick. Silver pick, though, we made up for it. We swept the silver pick. I told you to take Pittsburgh to beat Indianapolis. They did that 28-7. to It was an against-the-spread win. I told you to go Pittsburgh minus 3. And an over-under win, as I told you to stay under 53.5 points because of no Andrew Luck and, you know, several other things. And that worked out. They only got to 35, so they were nowhere close. So won it straight up, won it against the spread, won it over-under. Boom, swept the silver pick. Gold pick, told you to take Buffalo to beat Jacksonville. That worked out. Buffalo beats them by a touchdown, 28-21. to It was unfortunately an against-the-spread loss because I told you to go Buffalo minus 7 and a half. So we lost that one just by the half point. That one's gutting, but you know what? It happens. That's the nature of the game. So we lost that one by a half point, but we got it back on the over-under. I told you to go over 45 and a half points, and they go to 49. So straight-up win against the spread loss over under win and in the platinum pick we swept the platinum pick and i can't tell you how badly i needed to sweep my platinum pick and thank you to the new orleans saints because we did just that new orleans beats los angeles 49 to 21 i told you to go that way it was an against the spread win told you to take new orleans minus seven that worked out and an over-under win, as I told you to go over 45 and a half points. New Orleans, as I think I might have even mentioned in the episode last week, goes over that on their own. So over-under against the spread straight up. We swept it. Overall, platinum, gold, silver, and bronze, we were 3-1 and one straight up. We were only 2-2 two and two against the spread, but we were 3-1 and over-under. That was indicative of the strong week that we had across the board. Now let's take a look at the Bridgewater's Finest Pick'em Pools for Season 5 of the show. We'll start, of course, straight up. I still sit in second place out of 28. Now, because of the strength of my Thursday picks, my Thanksgiving Thursday picks, where I went 3-0 straight up, 3-0 against the spread, and 2-1 over under, I very briefly flirted with getting back into first place. It felt really good, and that's where I wanted to be. Just couldn't hold it for the rest of the week, despite the strength of the picks. 944 out of 1,401 possible confidence points on the season. That's a clip of 67%. 
in week 12. Great week. One of the best ones we've had all season. 110 out of 136 possible confidence points. That is a clip of 81% and it's a very strong week. But shout out to our week 12 winner, Gilius Thunderhead, who went an incredible 13 and 3 straight up and brought in six more confidence points than I did, 116 out of 136. That's a clip of 85%, and it was good enough to win the week. In a Minute Man remains our overall leader, 112 up, 63 down, and two, so he's three better than me each way. 956 out of 1,401 possible confidence points. That's a clip of 68%, and he currently leads me by 12 points, so it's very close. Again, one pick here and there, 12 points. It's not too many to catch up to. This is going to come right down to the wire, and don't look now, but Gilius Thunderhead is like eight points behind me. So it's very, very tight up at the top here. It's still anybody's game moving forward. Going to the against the spread pool. I'm now up. Don't look now. I'm tied for second place in the against the spread pick and pool. Tied for second out of 22 managers with 93 correct against the spread picks based on Yahoo's lines out of the 176 games so far this season. That's a clip of 53%. We'd like to be better, but we're still very competitive in this league. In week 12, brought in 10 out of the 16 lines, as I mentioned before. That's a clip of 63%, and that was excellent. It was also good enough to co-win week 12 in the against the spread pool. So myself and Gundy went 10 and 6 against the spread. Or sorry, I guess it would have been 10, 5, and 1 based on Yahoo's numbers because I think the Buffalo game was an even 7 points, whereas I took them minus 7.5. So, 10-5-1, 10 wins out of the 16 games, that's a clip of 63%, good enough for myself and Gundy to co-win Week 12. Half Moon's picks remains the overall leader, 97 correct against the spread picks out of the 176 games, that's a clip of 55%. Half Moon is out front still by 4 picks, which seems like not that much, but unless he totally collapses here, it's going to take a few weeks to catch up on the against the spread pool. So shout out to Gundy and myself, I guess, for co-winning week 12 in the against the spread pool and to Half Moon's pick Stephen Coleman for remaining the overall leader. Let's take a peek here into Fantasy Corner. Take a look how my eight fantasy football teams did across week 12. And uh, again, we're getting close to playoff time. I went 6-2 and two across my eight teams, so very strong week for my teams. I got a couple of teams that I think are already locked into playoff spots, which is excellent. In the NFL YouTube Prognosticators face, uh, not Facebook page, it was Facebook page, uh, Fantasy Football League, there we go, that's better. Uh, I lost against Chalupa. Uh, it was a projected loss. I thought I had the chance to play spoiler there, but Chalupa beat me fairly comfortably. That knocks me down to 4-8. and eight. Week 13, the last regular season matchup, I have a matchup against Stat Pack. Uh, I have a chance to potentially, I think, keep Stat Pack out of a potential tiebreaker situation for a playoff spot. I think there's some implications there. It's a projected win for me by a couple of points based on the lineups right now. But we'll see what we can do to uh, maybe change that and give me a little bit more of a cushion. So Chalupa, thank you very much for the matchup in Week 12. Good luck in the playoffs to you. Stat Pack, Matt Coombs, Matt the NFL Fanatic, fellow NFL YouTube prognosticator, of course, Best of luck to you. Well, maybe not best of luck, but good luck in week 13. I think you're going to need it. You're definitely going to need it to try to make the playoffs. 
And of course, as always, if you're watching, listening to the episode on YouTube, you can go into the description of the video file. You're going to be able to find all of my results straight up against the spread and over under from week 12. You're going to find all of my straight up against the spread and over under plays for week 13 in the NFL season. You're going to find information on joining the Bridgewater's Finest Pick'em Pools for season five of the show. It's not too late. We go all through the playoffs. By the way, reminder to the managers in that league, we go all through the playoffs, so don't give up at the end of week 17 it keeps going you're going to also find information on joining the nfl youtube prognosticators facebook page we talk football all damn week get on there it's a fun community and you're going to find links to other high quality nfl youtube prognosticators who also had very good week 12s as far as i uh, as far as i remember and who get out there and do this every single week If you're listening on SoundCloud, search NFL YouTube Prognosticators on Facebook. Great community. Again, join up. You're going to find all your favorite prognosticators there. Talking football all week. Getting a little Homer-ish sometimes. But you know what? It's a great community. It's fun. We talk a lot of trash. It's, it's It's just fun. Get in there. Join the Facebook page. Find all your favorite progs. Get in on the fun. Obviously, there will be no more CFL picks in any of the episodes as the CFL season is over. Congratulations to the Ottawa Red Blacks for winning the 104th Grey Cup. I finished the season 25-20 and straight up picking the CFL as I took Calgary to win that game. And Calgary made it damn interesting there at the end. They tie the game. It goes to overtime. Ottawa just gets it done in overtime, making some excellent plays. Ottawa wins the Grey Cup. Hopefully... Hopefully, hopefully, they'll be back next year to defend the Grey Cup as the Grey Cup will be in Ottawa, the 105th edition. So congratulations to the Red Blacks. Let's get into the Week 13 NFL picks. We got 15 games on the slate for this week, and we are going to start in Minnesota. The Dallas Cowboys, they just keep rolling, man. Now 10 consecutive wins after losing the opening game of the season. They're going to be going into Minnesota. It's going to be a stiff test against the Vikings. Despite the fact that the Vikings are 1-4 and four in their last five games, this is a team that is 4-1 when they're playing at home. Three of their five losses this season have come inside their own division. So they've had trouble playing their own division outside of their division. Obviously, they've been very strong. They're 5-2. and two. The Cowboys... What else can you say about the Cowboys? It's the best defense in that division. It's the best offense in that division. It's one of the best offenses in football right now. And I mean, look, you you can't say much else about them. I mean, they're, they're just like, they're, there are very few predictables in the NFL. And it's almost like the Cowboys have been painfully predictable because you just know every game that they play, there's going to be greatness in there. And there's greatness in Dak Prescott and greatness in Zeke Elliott. This is going to be a fun game. Minnesota doubled up the Cowboys the last time these two teams played 28-14 to in Dallas. Now, of course, that was in the preseason last season, so pretty meaningless at this point. The Vikings have definitely enjoyed the comforts of home this season, as I mentioned, 4-1 and one straight up. They're also 4-1 and one against the spread. Their offense gets a little bit better, about four points. Their defense, if you can believe it, plays a little bit better by about a point on average at home versus on the road. But the Cowboys, you know, they've been pretty comfortable on the road this season. They're unbeaten. They're 5-0 and oh straight up and against the spread on the road this season. They're averaging 30 points a game on the road. Their defense staying, again, pretty consistent. There are very few consistencies in the NFL. This Dallas Cowboys defense has been one of them extremely consistent on the road versus at home. 
Originally, my lean here was going to be Minnesota because I looked, hey, you know what? 4-1 and one at home. Minnesota, they're a strong team. They've been playing a little bit better lately. I still don't think they can protect Sam Bradford worth a damn, but they've been playing better. My original lean on this was like, I got to give them the edge based on the fact that they're at home. I don't think I can go against Dallas in this one. I think if Dallas, look, I've been saying it the last couple of weeks, this Dallas train is going to stop at some point. It's going to hit a wall. Maybe it's next week. I don't think it's this week. I think Dallas can go into Minnesota. I don't see how Minnesota has a path to winning this game. Now, they said the same thing about Donald Trump and the presidency, but let's hope mine works out a little bit better. Uh, Dallas, I think Dallas is going to win this game. I'm going to take the Cowboys on the road to beat Minnesota, though a little bit reluctantly, I do think this game's a bit of a coin flip. On the line, Dallas is favored by three and a half points on the road in Minnesota. I mean, look, they're 5-0 against the spread on the road. I think you got to take it. Uh, it's over three points, which is a little, you know, dusty given that they're playing a team with a really good defense. But I think you have to take it in this one. So I'm going to go Dallas minus three and a half. Total in this game is 43 and a half. I think you have to stay under on it. Even though Dallas is averaging 30 points a game on the road, these are two really good defenses and arguably play better situationally Dallas again very consistent so they play very good defense on the road Minnesota plays better defense at home 43 and a half it's not a huge number but I think you got to stay under on it Dallas beats Minnesota in Minnesota Dallas minus three and a half on the line under 43 and a half points Let's go to Atlanta now where the Falcons are going to play host to the Kansas City Chiefs. This is back to back roadies for the Chiefs after they went into Denver and it took a little extra but Kansas City got it done. Atlanta's definitely feeling the heat in the NFC South, shockingly from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But then even from the Saints, they're only two games back, our New Orleans. Carolina not absolutely out of it at this point. I mean, look, Carolina can win out and go to 9-7. and seven, So there's no team in here that you have to stop talking about. There, there are teams in the NFC and in the AFC that you can just basically stop talking about at this point. Nobody in that NFC South division is one of them. This will be the Chiefs' first taste of back-to-back -back road games on the season. I don't think they're going to like exactly how that tastes. I am actually leaning pretty heavily towards Atlanta in this one. I didn't see a ton in that Kansas City game that really made me think that you know, they're going to go into Atlanta and beat Atlanta on the back end of a back-to-back -back roadie. I just, I just didn't. I saw so many instances with Kansas City where, like, if you get them in a third down and anything that's not a yard or two, this team's really going to struggle with it. If Atlanta can do that, I think Atlanta can win this game fairly handily. But even so, I'm still going to go with the Falcons. Shocking stat of the day, the Kansas City Chiefs actually have given up more yardage this season than have the Atlanta Falcons. It's just come in different ways. Atlanta's been giving it up through the air. Kansas City's been giving it up on the ground. Still just coughing up about a buck 20 per game on the ground to opposing running backs. I think Atlanta's got a running back or two that will exploit that. On the line, Atlanta's favored by three and a half points at home. I think you have to take that. I'm going to go Atlanta minus three and a half in that one. Despite the fact that Kansas City is four and two on the road, straight up and against the spread, their defense does not play better on the road than they do at home, giving up an average of 21, uh, actually just under 22 points per game. Atlanta's offense, if anything, gets better 
at home than they do on the road. They're averaging about 35 points a game. Three and a half points, it's not too many for me. I'm going to go Atlanta minus three and a half. Total in this game is 49. I think you still have to stay under on it. I don't know week to week what you're going to get from Kansas City's offense. Now, in general, it's been enough. You can argue it as enough. Look, they're an eight and three football team. Clearly, they're getting enough on the offensive side. Atlanta is head and shoulders the better offensive team. Kansas City is head and shoulders the better defensive team, but their defense does get a little bit worse when they're playing on the road. Even so, 49 points, It's to me, it's just too high. I think this is going to be a relatively close game. Uh, there may be a lot of scoring maybe in the first half, but in the second half, I think the game really tightens up. I think it stays maybe just under, but under 49. So, Atlanta beats Kansas City. Atlanta minus 3.5 under 49 points let's go to chicago now where the bears are going to play host to the one and ten i believe they are san francisco 49ers and ooh, this is going to be a rough game to watch when you've got two teams that entering week 13 have combined for three wins it's not going to be a good football game if the bears have been able to do anything right this season is they've been able to play at least a little bit of defense look they've still given up 264 points in 11 games so it's not like they're great but they're right statistically they're right in line with the Redskins uh the Tampa Bay Bucks a little bit worse than only a little bit worse now than the Rams so if the Bears have been able to do anything they've been able to play some offense or play some defense rather they haven't been able to play much offense only 178 points scored San Francisco is the better offensive team in this football game defensively the edge definitely goes to Chicago Honestly, in a game like this, it, it almost doesn't make sense to look at, oh, how are these two teams situationally? They've combined to win three games. Like, how do you think? It, it hasn't been good. So in a game like this that we're not going to talk about a ton, I'm looking at who is the X factor in this game? Who takes this game, grabs it by the scruff of the neck, and pulls it over to their side? And between these two teams, you might not like to hear it, but the only X factor is Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> Look, between these two teams, is there any player who has played better in the last month than Colin Kaepernick? It might not be translating into wins, but Colin Kaepernick is out there getting it done. He's a dangerous player again. He's running the ball. He's throwing the ball. No, he's not. He's not the best quarterback in the league. He's not even close to it. He's probably he's not in the top half. He's not probably not in the top two thirds. But he's getting it done. He's a dangerous player. He's a player you have to account for. Let's also talk about the fact that San Francisco has a top five run offense in football. Can you believe that? In terms of yardage, Carlos Hyde, that running game, they've been getting it done too. I'm not going to say I don't like Chicago on the defensive side of the ball because I do, but they've had all those suspensions, injuries, morale has to be basically at an all-time low. I like San Francisco in this football game. It's hard to ever feel like you're the underdog against a two-win team, but in this game, they are, and I think they're going to embrace that role. Sure, they have to cross the country. That's definitely going against them as well. But I like Colin Kaepernick. He's the only X factor between the two teams in this game. I like Kaepernick. I like San Francisco. On the line, Chicago are two-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Obviously, if I like San Francisco to win, I really like San Francisco, plus two-and-a-half on the line. Total in this game, 43-and-a-half points. I think it goes over, quite frankly. San Francisco's defense is not very good. I just think if it's going to be a shootout, I'm going to take Colin Kaepernick in that offense. 
over Chicago and their offense. So I think it goes over 43 and a half points. It might not sail over, but I think it goes over. San Francisco upsets Chicago in Chicago. I like San Fran plus two and a half on the line over 43 and a half points. Let's go to Cincinnati now where the Bengals are going to be playing host to the Philadelphia Eagles. Again, not going to talk a ton about this game either, but what I do want to point out is, look, Philadelphia, I thought they were going to be able to get it done against Green Bay. I should know better than to bet against Green Bay, but I mean, look, they've really struggled this season, but they didn't. Green Bay got it done on Monday Night Football. Green Bay definitely looked like the better of the two teams, which is shocking because Philadelphia at home, that defense has been so good. Like they have been really, really good at home this season, but the Packers covered by 18 points. Now the Eagles have to hit the road where they're one and five straight up and one and five against the spread. All five of their overs have come this season on the road because their defense really has not played that well on the road. They're giving up an average of 25 points per game. The one thing you can say about Cincinnati, they've definitely struggled this year, but at home, they've played fairly well. They've only got two wins, but they're outscoring their opponents when they're in Cincinnati. And on the season, they're not doing that. They're actually being outscored by about three points a game, but at home, they're outscoring opponents by three points a game. So situationally, this is what this game comes down to for me. The situation favors Cincinnati. I'm going to go with the Bengals. On the line, Cincinnati are two and a half point dogs at home. Definitely take those two and a half points. Cincinnati plus two and a half. Total in this game is 41 and a half. I think it's got to go over because, again, Philadelphia's defense, you can't really trust them on the road at this point. So 41 and a half, it's a low number. I like it to go over. Cincinnati beats Philadelphia in Cincinnati. I like Cincinnati plus two and a half over 41 and a half points. This next game is going to be fun. The New Orleans Saints at home taking on the Detroit Lions. Two incredibly good offenses. Two defenses that can play some ball but haven't necessarily done it on a perfectly consistent basis. Although, I mean, Detroit has been more consistent, definitely, than the Saints have on the defensive side of the ball. I think that probably goes without saying. But I think this is going to be a high-scoring shootout game. I'm really excited for this one. Detroit's got the edge here leading the NFC North, and they have an opportunity, as I just told you, where I think the Vikings are going to lose this week. They have an opportunity to pull two games clear of any team in the NFC North. That's a huge opportunity for the Lions, and they don't want to let it slip by. Meanwhile, the Saints have an opportunity in this game on home turf to pull themselves back up to 500 to six and six keep themselves competitive in the nfc south get right back up there with tampa bay that division is arguably the tightest division in football and nothing has been decided yet despite the fact that the lions are seven and four in their losses they've tended to be blown out i mean look they've won three more games than they've lost they're seven and four but they've only scored nine net points on the season they've scored 247 they've given up 238 so those losses have been big losses five of Detroit's seven wins so far this season have come at home they've been an incredibly good home team the Lions have won three games in a row and they are five and two against the NFC so they had a strong season playing NFC opponents you're going to get tired of hearing me say it but I just think it's another game that comes down to the situation it comes down situationally. I just like the fact that New Orleans is at home. Their offense gets better at home. Now look, the defense gets worse. 
So that's definitely something to keep an eye on, which is definitely going to come into play when we talk about the total in a few minutes. But their offense gets... I can't bet against a team that's scoring 34 points a game at home. I just can't... Honestly, I just can't do it. Detroit's offense, they're pretty pretty well standard on the season on the road versus at home. Their defense does get measurably worse. They're giving up about three added points per game on the road. A lot of that could probably come down to the competition that they've played in their road games. But given that this is not an elite road team or even like a really good road team, Detroit's pretty average on the road. They're being outscored by their opponents on average on the season. I have to go New Orleans. I like the Saints in New Orleans to beat the Lions. On the line, the Saints are favored by five points at home. Somehow, I just think that's too much. I think if it was within three points, maybe three and a half, I could probably go to New Orleans side. But if this is going to be a shootout, it's going to be a shootout. And I think it's going to come down right to the end of the football game. I think I'm going to take Detroit plus five. I mean, this could be a backdoor cover situation where Detroit scores a late touchdown onside kick kind of situation to pull it within a score. So, you know, within six points, five points, something like that. I have to take Detroit's side of that line because Detroit could very easily also win this game. So five points to me, it's just too many. I'm going to hedge my bets and take Detroit plus five. Total in this game is 53 and a half points. You have to go over on it. If New Orleans hits their season average at home. There's 34 of your 53 points already. So all that means is that Detroit has to get to 19. Well, they can definitely do that. Or they have to get to 20, sorry, 20. They can definitely do that. I think they will do that in this game. I expect both teams to clear 30 points, take the over on 53 and a half. So New Orleans beats Detroit in New Orleans. I like Detroit, however, plus five on the line, over 53 and a half points. Let's go to Jacksonville now where the Denver Broncos are in town to take on the Jaguars. Not going to talk about this game very much. Look, Jacksonville is just cannon fodder at this point. Denver's got to be upset that they lost that game against Kansas City. It was a demoralizing loss, but let's hope that this team is good enough, and I think they are. I hope this team is good enough that they get hungry about that, realize the opponent they have to play, and feast on the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think they're going to do that. I think Denver wins this game in a walk, but I just want to talk for one second about the play calling choices in that Denver game, Denver, Kansas City. I understand at the end of that game wanting to go for the win, and this is kind of what Billy B talked about in uh, we in our admin chat on the um, the YouTube prognosticators page. Like, look, go for the win. He's got no problem with his team, who is the Denver Broncos, going for the win. I totally get that, and I don't, I'm not going to argue with that in the least. But the situation when Denver had a third and, it was third and a mile, I think it was, and if they didn't convert or get any extra yardage, it was going to be a 60-some yard field goal for Brandon McManus. I understand going for the win. I really do. But on that third down play, they they call they call a pass. And to me, that doesn't make any sense. I think at that point in the game, both teams are so tired. I think you could have run that ball, even if you ran a draw and only picked up two or three extra yards. Or picked up more than that, or even if you picked up less. If you if you picked up something, you're giving your kicker a little bit more, just a little bit higher percentage chance that they're going to hit that kick. And if they hit that kick, you win the game. I believe that was the circumstance. I think it was next score wins. So you do that, you win the game. 
But they didn't do that. They tried to pass it. It fell incomplete. And instead, McManus has a 61 or 62, or maybe might have even been dead on 60, yard field goal. And to me, that's a mistake. Why would you not give your kicker in a next score wins scenario? Why would you not give your kicker the opportunity or the best opportunity you possibly can to end the game? In my opinion, Gary Kubiak didn't do that. And what happened? They missed the field goal. Kansas City started with the ball in Denver territory in a next score wins situation. And what happens? They made it a little interesting, but they win the game. That's that's just, that's an aside, I guess, talking about the Denver-Kansas City game from last week. But I, I, that play call really bothered me. What did you guys think about that? I know what Billy thought about it. That's like, hey, I don't have any problem going for the win. But what do you guys think about it? I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Anyway, Denver rolls in this game. Broncos should clobber Jacksonville in Jacksonville. On the line, Denver's only favored by five points. Take that. It's under It's under a touchdown. Take it. Denver minus five at Jacksonville. Total in this game is 42 points. Go over on it because I think Denver, I'm not going to say Denver's going to clear 42 on their own. They might, but I don't think they will. But 42 points, Jacksonville's got an offense that can do something. So 42 points, to me, it's too low. Take the over. Denver beats Jacksonville. Denver minus five over 42 points let's go to oakland now where the raiders that's a horrible horrible impression the oakland raiders are going to take on the buffalo bills oakland of course sitting pretty atop the afc west a game ahead of the chiefs they've won five games in a row this oakland raiders team is legit they're not a super bowl contender but they are legit and they've improved their home record i think they've won like three home games in a row so i mean oakland look this is a team that's going to do something. They're definitely making the playoffs. They are, they're are. well, they've already guaranteed themselves a over 500 season. They're going to make the playoffs. And I mean, they could win a playoff game. Also worth noting, Raiders are six and one against the AFC. Meanwhile, the Bills basically treading water, certainly in their division, but even just in general in the AFC, probably not going to contend for one of those wild card spots it's still too early to say that they're only two games back so they can still do some damage here they are scoring uh the defense i'd like to see them play a little bit better but the offense you can't argue with that offense they're almost as good as the patriots the bills however have struggled against the afc they're only three and four against afc opponents a large part of that's the fact that they're only one and three against their own division. So three of those four losses have come within the AFC East. It's worth noting they're two and one against an AFC opponent that does not come from the East. Bills have won two straight after dropping at least three in a row. So again, they're trying to salvage the season. They're trying to keep this season together. Most of the public and most all of the experts are definitely on the Raiders in this game. I'm not. And look, first off, it's got nothing to do with me kind of leading the one-man crusade that the Raiders are not Super Bowl contenders because their defense is not good. It's not It's not based on that. And it's, it's probably unfair to say Oakland's defense is not good. Oakland's defense just isn't good enough to win a Super Bowl. Look, neither is the Bills, but the Bills are definitely closer to that goal than are the Raiders. And here's what I look at in this one. I know that Oakland is 4-2 and two at home. It's not a an amazing home record, but it's definitely not bad. Four and two, winning two of every three home games. The Bills are only three and three on the road. They're a 500 football team on the road. They're not great. They're middle of the pack. I think the difference in this football game 
lies with Buffalo's offense versus Oakland's defense. And I'm sure I'm going to sound like a broken record to some people, but just hear me out one more time. Oakland's offense, they've been consistent at home and on the road, basically across the board this season. They're averaging 28 points a game. At home, they're averaging 27 and a half. So they've been very consistent in that sense. On the defensive side of the football, Oakland, now they're giving up 25 points a game on average just across all their games this season, which is not, could be worse, but it's not great. At home, they're giving up 29. Maybe that's a credit to the opponents that Oakland has played at home, but 29 points is still 29 points. The Bills, their offense takes a noticeable downtick on the road. That is indisputable. They're averaging 25.5 points per game on the season, only 20 on the road. That said, their defense gets better by about 4 points a game. They're only giving up 17 points per game on the road. And LaShawn McCoy came out of Week 12 with no injury concerns. Sammy Watkins is back in there. He came out of Week 12 with no injury concerns. Buffalo's got their superstar players back and feeling better. I'm not going to say 100% healthy, but they're definitely up there and they're ready to roll. I would expect Sammy Watkins is going to have a hell of a game against an Oakland secondary that has struggled all season long. I like the Bills. It's an upset. Take it for what it's worth. I like Buffalo to beat Oakland in Oakland. On the line, Oakland favored by three points at home. I obviously like Buffalo's side of that because I like the Bills to win the game straight up. Buffalo plus three at Oakland. Total in this game is 49 and a half points. I mean, you have to go over. You have to go over. Buffalo's got a good offense. It's not great on the road, but it's a good offense. They've got those weapons back. I think it might be the first time all season that they've had Sammy Watkins and LaShawn McCoy in the lineup for a road game. So I think the offense is going to be better. Oakland's defense, not that good. So 49.5 points, it's high, but I have to tell you to go over on it. Buffalo beats Oakland. Buffalo plus three, over 49.5 points. Let's go to Arizona now, where the Cardinals are at home taking on the Washington Redskins. It may still yet be too early to say that the Cardinals are flat out out of things in the NFC West. That said, the Seahawks are playing great right now. It's going to be really tough for the Cardinals to catch them, but the Cards still have something to play for here. The Redskins, they're certainly not out of things in terms of a wild card spot. They have quite a bit to play for as well. We talk about X-Factors in games like this, and it begins and ends, of course, with David Johnson. I mean, that guy on the Arizona side of things. Washington, they're giving up about a buck seventeen on the ground per game. I think David Johnson can get to that in this game. He's also a very dangerous receiver. He is a huge weapon for that Arizona football team, and the more times David Johnson touches the football, the better. That said, now when you're talking about the Washington Redskins, you have to use the term elite offense. That's what this team is. They've got the second most yards uh, overall on the season on the offensive side. They're putting up 315 a game through the air. They're putting up a buck 16 per game on the ground. They're scoring about 26 points a game. This is a team you have to talk about in that elite offense category. On the road, however, Washington has been pretty human. They're only two and two. They're 3-1 against the spread, but they're only 2-2 two two straight up, and they're scoring as many points as they're giving up. It's 22 points either way. Arizona, their offense, pretty even based on on the road versus at home, but it's at home where their defense really shines. They've only given up 13 points per game at home so far this season. They're going to give up more than that this week, 
but I think Arizona is going to be able to hold on and get it done here. I like Arizona to beat the Redskins just based on the fact that it's in Arizona. If the game was in Washington, I'd be taking the skins for sure. It's not. It's in Arizona. I like the cards. On the line, Arizona favored by two and a half points at home. It's a low line. I'm going to take that. Arizona minus two and a half. Total in this game, 49 and a half points. I think it stays under. I think if Arizona's defense shows up to play at all, this game won't get to 50 points. So 49 and a half, it's a big line, too big for me. I'm going to tell you to stay under on it. Under 49 and a half, Arizona minus two and a half. Arizona beats Washington in Arizona. Let's go to Pittsburgh now where the Steelers are going to play host to the New York Giants. This is a back-to-back roadie situation for the Giants in the AFC North. First, of course, dispatching Cleveland last week, now having to travel to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. Giants are now 3-0 against the AFC, and that is worth taking a look at. The Steelers are under 500. They're only 1-2 against NFC opponents this season. It's worth looking at, but out of fear of repeating myself, I'm just going to say this. The Giants are still not a great road team. They're average at best, and Pittsburgh a great home team. Their 3-2 record may not be indicative of that, but at home, Pittsburgh's averaging 29 points a game. They are an excellent, so maybe I should say they're a great home offense. We'll put it that way. Giants are still getting outscored on average on their road games on the season. I got to go Pittsburgh in this one. Let's go with the Steelers straight up to beat the Giants. On the line, Pittsburgh favored by six points. I really shouldn't do this. This is probably a mistake, but it's under a touchdown, so I'm going to go with it. Pittsburgh minus six. I don't think that's the quote-unquote smart play. I think it would be smarter to hedge your bets in a game like this, but that Pittsburgh offense at home, it's really, really, really good. It's up there with the New Orleanses of it all. So it's under a touchdown. I think you got to take it. So Pittsburgh minus six against the Giants. Total in this game is 49 points. I think I'll actually change up what I was going to say. I think I'm going to go over on that one just because, again, Pittsburgh's offense, really, really good at home. Giants still getting outscored on average in their road games this season. The Giants, they can still put up points. Pittsburgh's defense is by no means impenetrable. 49 points. I'm going to go over on it. Over 49. Pittsburgh minus 6. Steelers straight up beat the Giants in Pittsburgh. Let's go to San Diego now where the Chargers are going to play host to the Tampa Bay Bucks. The Bucks crossing the country from Florida to California to take on the Chargers. And if I have to go down with the ship being a quote-unquote hater of the Tampa Bay Bucks, that's just the way it's going to have to go. I like San Diego in this game. They might only be 5-6, and six, but they are above 500 at home. They're a good home team. They put up their points. The Bucks defense, I'm still not convinced by. I will never be convinced by until they show me otherwise. And despite the fact that Tampa Bay's 4-1 straight up on the road this season, which look, I'm not going to argue against that. They're 4-1 straight up on the road. Despite that fact, they're still getting outscored on average 21-22. Meanwhile, San Diego puts up 32 points a game at home on average this season, which is much better than they do on the road. They might only be 3-2, but I like them in this one. I'm going to take San Diego to beat the Bucks. On the line, San Diego favored by four points at home. 
you know what? It's under a touchdown. I'm going to go with it for a team that scores a lot of points. I like San Diego minus four in this one. Maybe Tampa Bay shocks me. And you know what? If Tampa Bay shocks me again this week, maybe I have to stop being a jerk to the Bucks. So Bucks fans, it, maybe it's a preemptive apology, but let's see if they get it done this week. I like San Diego minus four. Total in this game, 47 and a half points. I got to tell you to go over on it. San Diego's putting up over 30 points a game on their own at home this season. So if Tampa Bay does anything, I would expect this game to go over. San Diego beats Tampa Bay in San Diego. San Diego minus four on the line, over 47 and a half points. And the last game we're going to look at before we get into the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week 13 is the Carolina Panthers traveling to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. Seahawks obviously playing very, very, very well right now. Now they did lose last time out. They're now only three and two in their last five games, which is actually the same record that the Carolina Panthers have. So they're kind of going in the same direction in that sense. Carolina also nearly a 500 team against teams that do not play in their own division. They're three and four. So three of their four wins on the season have come against teams not from the NFC South. That said, it's the Seahawks at home. They are undefeated this season for a reason. They're incredibly good at home. They're also 6-2 and two straight up against teams that do not come from the NFC West. You gotta go with the Seahawks. Despite the fact that Carolina, on average on the season, definitely the better offensive team between the two of them, when you put them in this situation, Seattle at home, Carolina on the road, it's actually pretty even. Seattle scores 26 a game, Carolina scores 27. The major difference, Carolina's defense has been very bad on the road this year, so you gotta go with the team that's 5-0 in their own barn. I like Seattle. On the line here, Seahawks, though, favored by a touchdown. I think that might be a little bit too much. Um, maybe it's not. This is kind of a coin flip, actually. Kind of interesting, the seven-point line is kind of a coin flip. Uh, but I'm going to go Carolina's side of things. I think if Carolina gets anything at all on the defensive side of the ball, this game stays within a single score. So I like Carolina plus seven at Seattle. Total in this game, 44.5 points. I think it goes over two very good offenses in these situations. So, you know, I understand why the numbers kind of sub 45 because of Seattle's defense. But 44.5, I'm going to take the over on it. Carolina plus 7 in a game that Seattle wins straight up. All right, folks, let's do this. Platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week 13 in the NFL. We're going to start with the bronze pick where I'm 6-6 six and six straight up, 5-6-1 against the spread, and 5-7 and seven on the over-under. The bronze pick this week sees the Baltimore Ravens playing host to the Miami Dolphins. And again, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but this is going to come down to the situation. The situation is Ravens are playing at home. They're 4-2 and two at home this season, which again, not a great home record, but it's definitely good enough to get it done. Dolphins sub 500 on the road. They're only 2-3. and three. Dolphins are 5-3 and three against the AFC. Ravens, however, are 6-2. and two. It's a little bit better. Ravens won last time out. They're only 3-2 and two in their last five. This is where the Dolphins have the major edge. They've won six games in a row. The Dolphins are the hottest team in the AFC based on their win streak. But that is, of course, a staunch reminder that before that win streak started, Baltimore... But that is, of course, a staunch reminder that before that win streak started, Miami was 1-4. and four. And again, we're going right back to, it's all about the situation. The situation is what matters. Baltimore's offense, extremely consistent this season. 20 points a game at home and on the road. 
but the defense is what gets better by about four points when Baltimore is playing in Baltimore. You take a look at Miami, their offense takes a noticeable five-point downtick when they hit the road versus their average on the season. And the defense, defense gets a little bit better. It's around two points. But I think that drop in their offensive output really going to hurt against a team that plays incredible defense at home. I like Baltimore in the bronze pick to beat Miami. On the line here, Baltimore only favored by three and a half points. I think you have to take that. That's a low number. So Baltimore minus three and a half against Miami. Total in this game is 41 and a half. And despite the fact that these two teams have only combined to go three and eight over under in these situations, Baltimore at home, Miami on the road, I still have to tell you to go over 41 and a half on it. Baltimore, they're going to score their points, obviously. I think they're going to win the game. Miami's going to score their points, too. 41.5, it's just too low for me. So, low number. I'm going to tell you to go over 41.5 points. Baltimore minus 3.5. Ravens win the game straight up. That is my bronze pick. My silver pick, where I am 9-3 straight up and 7-5 and against the spread and over-under, sees the New England Patriots at home taking on the Los Angeles Rams. I'm not going to talk about this game really at all. The only reason it's not higher is because I picked against Los Angeles for my platinum pick last week, and I don't like to do that two weeks in a row. New England rolls in this game. They should win this thing comfortably. You take a look at the line, though. New England favored by 13 points. Look, they have enough credibility and credit to be given that line. Los Angeles's defense has been, you know, good. Like, they've been fairly good in total on the season. So that line, that line troubles me. But I guess ultimately in a game that I think is going to go over the 44.5 point total, I guess I basically have to go with New England's side of that. So I'm going to tell you to go New England minus 13 points against Los Angeles at home. New England obviously winning the game straight up. That is the silver pick. My gold pick where I've been damn near impenetrable this season, 11 and 1 straight up, only 7 and 5 against the spread, but an excellent 8 and 4 on the over under, sees the Indianapolis Colts travel to New York to take on the Jets. At the time I'm recording this, somehow inexplicably this game is only within 1 point of itself. I think Indianapolis is going to crush the Jets in this game. Now look, the Colts still have a ton to play for here. Colts are only a game out in the AFC South. They're only one game out. Houston's leading this division at 6-5. and five. The Colts are 5-6. and six. Colts win this game. Boom, they're right there. They're co-leading this division. Andrew Luck is basically at the end of the concussion protocol at this point. He's going to be a go here. They're getting a little bit of extra time because I believe this is the Monday night football game. So he's going to get that extra day of rest. Look, guys, Andrew Luck's going to be in there. And this Jets secondary is bad. You can throw on this Jets team all day long. Plus, the Jets are definitely a more difficult team to run on. And that is that just plays right back into that. Like, look, Andrew Luck's probably going to have 45 pass attempts in this game. Out of those 45 pass attempts, I would not be shocked to see Andrew Luck put up 400, po- or 400, 400 points, 400 yards, um, three, maybe four touchdowns. I like Indianapolis in this one all day long. I like the Colts to beat the Jets. On the line here, as I mentioned, the Colts only favored by a point at this one. It started as a pick 'em. 
Colts favored by a point now. You got to take that. Again, I think the Colts are going to crush in this game. So Indianapolis minus one, definitely take that on the line. Total in this game, 49 and a half points. Look, I think it stays under because I don't know what we're going to get from the Jets. And look, the Colts defense is not good. So the Jets could put something up, 49 and a half points. It's kind of a coin flip total, but I think I'll go with your gut and stay under on it. So Indianapolis crushes the Jets. I like the Colts minus one, under 49 and a half points. That's your gold pick. And my platinum pick where I am 10 and two straight up, six, five and one against the spread and only five and seven on the over-under. So we're still the over-unders, a work in progress there. Sees the Green Bay Packers at home taking on the Houston Texans. Now Houston could not get it done in the Mexico game against Oakland. Oakland came back, I think won that game 27 to 20. Houston is still a bad road team. There's no other way to characterize the Houston Texans. They're a bad road team. And it's not just about the record. Like one and four, you can be one and four. You can be playing the lights out and lose four one-point games. Like it's it's not a, just about the record. It's about the performance. And honestly, Houston's performances have not been good enough on the road. Look, between these two teams, Houston's got the better defense. There's no question about it offensively they're still only scoring 11 and a half points a game on the road that's never going to be good enough it's been good enough one time this season and you can't like i'm sorry you just can't you can't go with that you can't bet on that side you gotta go green bay especially after what green bay did on monday night football they got that thing done they went into philadelphia which has been a very difficult place to win and they doubled up the eagles and that's what green bay needs this season is not dead yet for the packers they need they badly needed that win for one and they definitely need badly another win this week i think they're going to get it houston they're they're kind of ripe for this kind of loss and i think they're going to take it so I love Green Bay as my platinum pick straight up at home to beat Houston. On the line, Green Bay is only favored by four and a half points. You got to take that. It's under a touchdown. Green Bay minus four and a half. Total in this game, 46 and a half points. I have to stay under on it because I don't know what we're going to get from Houston's offense. Like Green Bay's defense by no means is a world beater. They're really not playing that well over the past I would say six games or so. Now they played well against Philly, but Philly also kind of shot themselves in the foot multiple times in that game. 46 and a half, it's not a huge number, but I still think you stay under on it because you don't know what you're going to get from the Texans offense. So Green Bay beats Houston. Green Bay minus four and a half on the line, under 46 and a half points. That is your platinum pick. Nothing from SoundCloud this week except a spammy private message trying to get me to listen to some house music, which was uh, instantly blocked. So we're going back to the YouTube video for the comment of the week. Comment of the week from the week 12 video comes from Lisa V, uh, loves all five on YouTube. She had an excellent comment. It was, again, it was, it was one of the first comments that I got this week and absolutely loved it. Her comment reads, terrific video, Justin, good picks. Thanks for all the Thanksgiving wishes too. I'm a subscriber to your YouTube videos and on Twitter. Really enjoy listening to your video voice each week. I'm a member of the NFL YouTube prognosticators, Facebook page under a different email. Good luck this week from Lisa V. Well, Lisa V, thank you very much. Uh, I've been seeing some of your posts on the uh, the Facebook page and it's great to have somebody else in there that's contributing and you know, getting these, you know, keeping the boys uh keeping the boys honest, keeping the boys honest for sure. Yours is the comment of the week from the week 12 video. 
And that's going to do it for week 13 in the NFL. Good luck to you with your picks this week. I hope you enjoyed it. That's it for me, Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter. Enjoy the games in week 13. Best of luck with your picks, and we'll see you again in week 14. Hopefully this week is not unlucky.